Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
What's up, Belly Up Football fans? We missed you last week. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. This is the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show, of course. Um, Chris, how's it going? Going pretty good. I'm excited that football is kicking off. I mean, people talking about mini camp starting, all kinds of big news. I know that we're talking about off air some of the you know big news to kind of kick the show off with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can get straight into that. There's a ton of news going around in the NFL, and none of it is uh, taking up as much you know, of people's consciousness, I guess, as the Deshaun Watson news. Uh, there was a, a 24th uh, addition to the lawsuit, um, I believe, yesterday or relatively recently, at least, um, <clears throat> as well as a New York Times article that came out today about how, um, you know, they had a screenshot about kind of how he was, um, you know, convincing some of these women, um, you know, <laughs> to do massages for him. Um, and he also, it was also discussed uh, how the Texans and how a, a particular massage parlor may have been involved and a bunch of crazy stuff. So definitely check that out because it was had could have some serious ramifications. But Chris... What do you think those ramifications are uh, as far as, and not to you know downplay the horrific real life part of this, um, but I'm certainly not qualified to speak on that. But what I think we are qualified to speak on is what this means for uh, his 2022. Um, it, how do you feel about that at this point, at this stage right now? Are, I mean, is I, this just a no-go? Is that a calculated risk? Like, what do you, how do we feel about this? I think that, you know, we're waiting for the NFL to still kind of make their determination. And that, I think, is going to be the ultimate thing. They've been taking their sweet old time. They've been allowing for, you know, their own investigation to kind of unfold. People have been, you know, very uh, skeptical about the NFL and what they've been doing. Maybe they've been trying to buy time and not really, you know, wanting to sway one way or another. But I think one of the things we have seen, you know, over the last few years is, for the most part, the NFL has been rather thorough and has usually provided the, you know, the evidence that it has been able to, and usually even sometimes even more evidence than it kind of, you know, showing up in a newspaper or a leak somewhere. Uh, we kind of saw a similar thing with, you know, the John Gruden thing. And this is where I kind of wonder what the precedent is. You know, John Gruden said some awful things, you know, supposedly via an email that wasn't necessarily something out loud. This is something that's talking about, we have, you know, things that are, that are in print, but also being, you know, insinuated that this person is, you know, doing things that are, aren't legal. So in all these different things, uh, 24 cases is a lot to kind of overcome. But I think the NFL is going to be the ultimate say. Will they kind of, you know, buy their year for themselves or will they kind of come at some point and, you know, swiftly say this is going to be a six, eight, ten uh, week thing. I think you're just going to kind of take Deshaun Watson with a wait and see. If you're going to draft him, you're not spending. You kind of already got in your mind what you're willing to spend for him. I think for myself, I, I like to use a value upside. But there's also a lot of, you know, don't get yourself that this is going to be a normal quarterback necessarily either. Are you in any drafts drafting Deshaun Watson this, that if you're doing it today? So, all right. I'm not usually the, I'm not usually the moral police, especially when it comes to sports. Um, I have made opposite stands in some senses where I, I rostered Michael Vick as controversial. That might have been the thing because I didn't think the dogfighting thing was necessarily his issue, more of a cultural thing. Having said all of that, Deshaun Watson, 24 cases. Uh, I used to work at domestic violence, sexual assault programming. I, I really have a hard time being okay with somebody like that on my team. Um, I, I'm usually okay, you know, till the jury comes out on th- certain situations. But for me, this is one I, I, there's other quarterbacks I really like. Deshaun might be somebody that, you know, if I'm in a dynasty, 
I'm not going to act like I'm hot, you know, holier than now that I would, you know, would buy a low. But on standard redraft league, I'm probably not really going to spend any necessary draft capital on this guy. I think like some other options. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'm mostly in the same boat trying to avoid it, uh, both for moral reasons and also, I mean, I feel it feels a lot like things could go very poorly for him um, in terms of him playing uh, a significant amount or any games at all this season. Um, it's going to be really interesting either way. Um, continuing to move through the news, and this is just something I thought was really funny um, and thought that we should we should take a look at, a bit of a palate cleanser, if you will, from, from that. Um, PFF released, and it went a little semi-viral on Twitter today, uh, their top 10 coaches, according to PFF in the NFL currently. Uh, one was Belichick, uh, I guess, as long as we're not in- including him as a GM, then, like, sure, whatever. Uh, Harbaugh, Reed, makes sense. Now we get into the spicy stuff. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury at number four. Pete Carroll at five is fine. Uh, LaFleur at six. I mean, I guess by just sheer record, like, kind of forces your hand. Shanahan, seven. Sure. Vrabel, Reich, McCarthy. And then the McCarthy over McVeigh and the McCarthy over Tomlin, also Cliff over both of those people, are what most people were freaking out about, is having Cliff Kingsbury at four and Mike McCarthy at 10 and then McVeigh and Tomlin at 11 and 13, respectively. Uh, So, Chris, just briefly, (laughs) what do you think about that? (laughs) <laughs> well, let's, let's just start with the Kingsbury. You know, a couple of years ago in the draft, Kings, uh, Cliff Kingsbury showed his, his his bachelor pad or his pad that he had kind of going on. Sean McVay had a similar thing. Uh, Kingsbury won that. But when it comes to who wins on the field, I'm sorry, this is a no-brainer. Who has the ring has been the multiple Super Bowls. Look, I think that uh, Cliff Kingsbury gets kind of a bum rap in some, in some aspects. I don't think it's his fault this team kind of tanks the second half. Um, there's things that he kind of creates, and you look at the players they have. They don't have a you know a wow you team necessarily. They kind of put offensive points up that they do in production. Kyle Murray is a really good quarterback, but they do a lot of things in that system to kind of put him in position to succeed. Having said all that, there's no way in hell that Sean McVay is that far below some of those. Uh, how can I say this nice? Um, pretending coaches that aren't even uh, in the same stratosphere. I think you could argue that Sean McVay today, right now, could be better coached than Belichick. I mean, what has the defense, what has the off, what has Belichick done since Brady's moved See, on? And that's the point I wanted to bring up with Tomlin is that it feels like we are using Belichick's career to justify him as one today. But how are we then <laughs> punishing Tomlin for his recent output? <laughs> When and how the hell is Mike McCarthy still in the top ten after that? After that's you know playoff debacle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's a yeah. weird list. Thought it was funny. Thought it would be it's worth. Not a belly up list. We'll just no. Not I'll, a belly I'll, 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 I'll up list. Say that. Or an MD's fantasy football show list. No, not one of not sponsored by any of us. And then the final thing, as a Colts fan, near and dear to my heart, I had to bring up that my my favorite, my my Darius Leonard, <laughs> is, is undergoing injury. Um, Chris, you are a big, bigger on redraft than I am for the, at the very least. And you are one that preaches the value of the fantasy defense. 
Um, how does that kind of shake up anything for you or does it not at all? I think it's gigantic. I mean, some people might, you know, what depending on what your scoring is for defenses, they've thought the Colts defense throughout the periods of time over the last couple of years. Uh, this defense is definitely gets your turnovers can, you know, two couple of years ago was really locked down when it gave the yardage and points you added the front four you guys have now some of the moves you made in this off season. I was excited about this team adding a Gilmore. We call us all two years ago. Xavier Rose got his new career resurrected because Gilmore kind of followed that same trend. Um, you love to talk, you know, we talk about draft shows, how you guys draft a safety every freaking year in the second round, third round. So you have a gazillion different D-backs, you got a decent pass rush for a change. Um, I was excited, and this is just a huge blow. I mean, this guy was basically gipping around one leg last year and was able to kind of rock, carry that defense in a sense. I was really excited to see him be healthy with all those different moves that they've made. Yeah, it feels like he hasn't played or practiced, I guess, in a training camp in forever. It just hasn't happened. Um, he is a small linebacker, of course. Um, but, again, we just wanted to zoom through that kind of stuff, have a bit of an icebreaker. Um, we're going to jump straight into our our main topic for the show, which is our um, – how do how did we phrase this, Chris? <laughs> our belly ups. Yeah, our, so belly, we have our belly ups. Our belly five. shots. Three of each. Uh, we're doing rookies specifically. Um, and we're going to do Dynasty first. Uh, we'll have our lovely sponsor. And then we'll go into some redrafts. So that, that's a bit of an index for you. And we'll go ahead and start. Uh, Chris, I'm going to keep passing the ball to you. Uh, who are your, your busts? Yeah, sure. So we're going to kind of talk about, you know, we talked about the draft and some of the things that we were liked in the draft and some of the players that stood out to us. And this is after a couple of weeks we've had our rookie camps. We've had some of the mini camps starting to kick off. You're starting to hear some different news of who looked good, who didn't look so good. Uh, you know, Traylon Burks is out of shape. This guy is a bust already. Um, you know, everybody on the Jets is, you know, is, is fantastic. So I think that you think that all the different things you kind of hear, um, I think it's kind of our chance to kind of share with, you know, Belly Up Nation what we think some of these guys are that we like in this draft. And starting off with some of the, you know, some of these these belly flops um, that I've kind of seen in this draft, um, I'm going to start off in the backfield, and I, I am. This is going to be a really hard one for me because I'm going to kind of, you know, be on a tear tatter with this. Uh, but I'm starting with Bryce Hall. I, I, this guy, uh, Bryce Hall. I'm sorry. I, this guy, I absolutely love. Um, a guy who I think is a stud, one of the top running backs, but but is not an RB one. And I think that there was a lot of potential for him to be like a Najee Harris type. If he had that, you know, workload to himself that people see the three down back that he could, you know, kind of be. But with this offense, we talked about, you know, at nauseum with draft and other shows that the jets and the 49er kind of tradition of Mike Shanahan, one of the number seven coach on that list, um, that they don't like to necessarily give the ball, the ball to one guy and like to rotate different guys. We saw that last year and, and Tevin Coleman, unfortunately still has an NFL career still in the jets backfield um other guys are still in that backfield and there's a lot of mouths to feed in the passing attack because people like you know even michael carter who i loved last year and, and carried me through parts of the last year um his big you know breakout in the sense came through the passing game a lot of the games where they give you that floor but now that you add all these different weapons that they have all the running backs can be utilized the same kind of way and i just really look at it you know where people are taking reese hall right now a guy who i absolutely love but he's not going to be a guy that i think that you're going to be kind of you know wanting to attack in the top two rounds and are you feeling that way for um, for 2022 or? Oh yeah, um, oh Adam, I totally screwed it up. So yes, 
Yes, I was I was giving a more of a standard redrafting, um, you know, basically drafted this year, not the dynasty viewpoint. Dynasty wise, I think that you know it's it's a no brainer. Well, you, you can debate some different guys, but I think he's definitely going to be the top guys you can have on your board. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. All, all good. I I was just like, yeah, uh, we Brees Hall's a good player, and I think he'll he'll eventually overcome uh, the deficiencies. And I agree with you. I I am I do have some. 2022 concerns um so if you want to go continue, you want to go back and forth player for player just go rattle through three and, and see where we agree yeah sure why don't you go ahead and one of your guys all right so i'll go uh for and this is to dynasty again um kenny pickett is definitely gonna be amongst my dynasty bus um i mean i'll, I'll keep it simple i don't think that he i will be shocked if he is ever <laughs> above a top 20 qb in fantasy scoring. I just don't see the pathway for that to happen. Um, I mean, to me, the the best possible outcome is that he is what we saw in late career Ben and that he is a high volume, short pass thrower. Um, and kind of even then, like at least Ben had the, the plethora of experience that he did as an NFL quarterback. Like his brain was still big Ben's brain. Kenny Pickett had a fantastic fifth year of college, but the other four were like, all right. I mean, I don't know. He feels very Daniel Jones-esque to me. That's been my comp through this entire process. That's, And I think from a fantasy perspective, we will probably see relatively similar results personally. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. So, Adam, I'm not going to give – I'll just give two for these drafts since I screwed that up in the beginning. But what I will I will do is comment on that absolutely. Uh, you know, when it comes to Pickett, I think that it's it's a, it's a weird line you kind of roll. You talked about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones' rookie year, he had fantasy value. He was kind of that top 20-ish scoring and carried people through, you know, weeks. That's what people were high on him taking that second year. And Danny Dimes, the, the nickname, you know, was born on God. Why? We'll never know. Um, but yeah, so and then you go to even another guy who I think he reminds me also, and similar kind of system with the new offensive coordinator Mitchell Trubisky, Chicago with the you know Matt Canada offense that that you can run a little bit, but you're not really an athlete, but you scramble around. Mitchell Trubisky put up some decent numbers those first couple of years in Chicago fantasy wise. Now did reality eventually kick in? Absolutely, but with what I get a little. Nervous about, and I won't agree with you because I, I think he is definitely a long-term, you know, dynasty no-no. But I, it might be a little bit people get excited for that first year or two because he could put up some decent numbers. That offense is pretty good around him. He's got some playmakers. Not many rookie quarterbacks come into that situation, and he is, you know, 35 years old. I'm sorry, uh, 24 or 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has had a chance to kind of be a seasoned vet already as a, a, a you know, nine-year senior. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on to your bus, you got you got another one. Yeah, so you know, sticking to that vein, um, I'm going to go with Matt Coral. Is a guy I really like, and a guy who I actually thought had a possibility to be an NFL starting quarterback, and then the Carolina Panthers drafted him. And I'm a big believer that these this new push that you know everybody has to get their guy when the new regime takes over. Well, Matt Rule's days are numbered, in my opinion. I think that those numbers started kick ticking last year with some of his stupid, you know, firing of the officer coordinator to all the things that they did in between. 
And I think this year the Carolina Panthers need to be relevant. And if they're not, and I don't see the moves that they made because Sam Darnold's still a starting quarterback, um, that – Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Poor Matt Crow is going to be other new coach next year. A third round pick, draft pick kind of, you know, vested in him. Where I see dynasty wise, I see, you know, the weapons sound great. In theory, maybe this, you know, tackle they drafted makes him even better off the line. And Christian McCaffrey and, and, and maybe it could be similar to the situation I just talked about where he can get full school for a year or two. But long term. I think Matt Kroll could be Nick Foles really soon, sooner than later, and kind of guy bouncing around, kind of showing flashes here or there. Yeah, I mean, that that's certainly a possibility. Just, again, it, it being a third-round pick that will likely end up being a, a new regime's uh, person to deal with uh, very soon. Kind of tough to invest into that. Um, yeah, I can agree for sure. Um, so my next guy is going to be Isaiah Spiller. Um, I, I do like the talent to an extent. I just, for me, I don't, I, I looked back because I, I didn't initially want to say this, but I, I looked back and it's been a while since like the RB two or three in on the chargers. I was going to say LA, but even going back to San Diego, it's been a while since it wasn't like a hundred, a hundred or something in that range. And for him to be fantasy relevant on 100 carries, he'd need a lot of touchdowns. And I'm not saying that he won't. I think he could have some best ball value, for example, because I think he will have games with 10 carries for 50 yards and two touchdowns or something in in that range, right? I think those games can happen for him. I think he's a good in-between-the-tackles runner. Um, But between what we saw from Austin Eckler that last year as a, a player who can handle carries... Uh, and obviously, if he can handle carries, he's going to be on the field as much as possible because of the receiving threat that he is. So between that and then just the history of that team, I mean, I don't know where the carries come from. I mean, we, I think we saw about 75 to 100 last year from Justin Jackson, about 30 from um, about 30 from who was their rookie last year? <laughs> um Roundtree, about 30 from Roundtree, and, you know, a couple more from Bob Kelly, and that was where we landed out. I just don't see the volume for him, and I don't know when that changes because Austin Eckler is going to be there for a while. Those backs tend to stick around uh, for a little bit longer than everyone else. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's not guy I would spend, you know, high capital, maybe a light flyer because – one of the things you can actually wouldn't name those little guys. I'm not a huge Spiller fan coming into this, you know, out of this draft, 
but I'm definitely I think his talent is definitely superior to those guys that you just named. Yeah. That they've they've you've been kind of throwing out there and different guys. You know, there is a role in a sense, and we saw that with the Chiefs last year. I think when you have a high volume offense with a guy like Daryl Williams, where you can do a little pass protection, you can kind of handle the ball, you can do that workman's load kind of to take off some of the the beating of Austin Eckler. You can have value, but as you kind of pointed out, it depends on how high you're going to go. I, this isn't a guy that I'm thinking. You know, no brainer. You got to get your spiller on your team, but if the guy falls in my lap. Yeah, I mean, if if I can get him in the third round of a dynasty rookie draft, then like, sure, that's fine. But <laughs> in the the middle of the second, probably oh, not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, you got one more, and I got one more. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna stick kind of, you know, at a at the at the running back position, um, and kind of focus on one of these guys that I think is getting a lot of. Uh, Hype more so than he's kind of probably worth, and that's as Moss from Buffalo. Um, this is a guy that I think is going to have some. I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry, Cooks. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to say Moss. Uh, the guy who's, who's replacing is going to be in the back, but yes, uh, Cook. Um, Cooks is, is a guy that you know has a lot of hype coming to him. I know there's a lot of draft capital kind of spent. That's a word we're throwing out a lot, a lot you know, especially we talk about dynasty. I know that's important um, for a lot of people, but for, for myself, I think it's a little bit too rich for my blood where I see him going in a lot of these, you know, dynasty leagues. Um, a guy that I think that has a, you know, some potential to be explosive, to bring some, you know, really nice things to the field. But I'll put this to you as a Colts fan, Adam. How much better do you think this guy really is? And people might crucify me this than Naheem Hines. Um, and I don't see Naheem Hines being a game changer. Now, he's a good guy to have on your fantasy team, especially in PPR leagues, but or full-point PPR leagues, but is this a guy that you're spending the draft capital to where we see uh, you know, this guy this guy going out right now? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree, and uh, he is not my last guy, but he I actually, and spoiler alert, I guess, I do have him on my list for 2022. Um, oh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he's probably in about that Naheem Hines range for one. And then for two, it could feel a lot like Naheem Hines last year in that my issue was always that Carson Wentz isn't going to check down to the running backs that much. I don't know if <laughs> Josh Allen's going to check down that much either, especially I, I think that they drafted pretty well at receiver. They've done a good job at adding receivers for him. Um, I, I don't know why he would really need to check down, to be honest with you. Yeah, now my my biggest fear, and I will say this because this probably should have been, you know, come back and bite me down the road, is I do see some parallels to Austin Eckler in his game and his kind of ascension to becoming a, a top-notch player that he has become fantasy-wise. Um, because I could see Buffalo kind of easing him into becoming, you know, the guy in a sense and allowing him to kind of stay fresh. And as a game-changer, the guy definitely has good, you know, good slashing ability. So that's just, you know, I throw that caveat. I'll probably want, you know, people come at me at Twitter a couple of years down the road. I'll, I'll eat it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so my last guy from a dynasty perspective, and this is another one where I could certainly be in a year or two um, eating some some shots uh, <laughs> on Twitter for. I don't think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to be a good player, but I do think that Sky Moore is being overvalued from a dynasty perspective. Um, and for reference, on Keep Trade Cut, which is a great tool for for you dynasty players out there, 
he is the number eight rookie regardless of position. So that's 108 in a, a you know a draft on a on average. Um, that's ahead of guys like Christian Watson, Pickens, John Dotson, who has you know maybe a, a lesser team but still first round capital. Uh, a Pierce who's stepping into an immediate role, especially for for 2022. Uh, Sky Moore is one I'm hesitant on. But even in the long term, I, I could just see him being someone, and the tape said this to me, he just seems more okay than he is, like, the the Tyreek Hill replacement that everyone's looking for. Uh, I, I don't see him that way. He seems like an, a solid to above average slot receiver is what I got out of this tape. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I know people are really high on Sky Moore. I know that Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback, so that can change a lot of things for people. Yeah. But, you know, we've been waiting for the second receiver to kind of materialize for the Chiefs for the last few years was Josh Gordon, Hardman, uh, Pringle, uh, Robinson, people who kept grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. Look, Andy Reid doesn't do the greatest job always of identifying top-notch talent at the receiver position. Historically, Philadelphia, he didn't do a wonderful job with always having receivers. He got T.O. eventually. He got Tyree Kill. And most of the guys that he has are what he has. Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy. Juju Smith-Schuster got paid a decent amount of money and is a veteran. So he's got a slot position that he's going to probably easily man. And then you have other guys who are kind of, in my opinion, just have just as much of a shot as this guy more do. Uh, so it includes some of the natural free agents they have added to this team that get the, you know, out there. So I think that Sky Moore, people really seem to be huge on him. I am not. I think he's a guy. Now, I think he, you know, ran a decent 40. He has decent speed. Like, he's, you know, a 5'11 guy who can get in and out of the breaks decently. But somebody showed me what Dwayne Eskridge did last year because I think we're going to see the same thing for this guy. Yeah, there was nothing for me that was spectacular about him that stood out on his tape. He did a lot of things good. And I'll give him that. And I know that people can fall victim to just, oh, he, he's, you know, does a lot of things good, doesn't do anything great. Like, that that is certainly a trap that people can fall into. But with him, like, at that size, you kind of do need, like, something that's just, like, you do I think really, it, really well. Yeah, I think you need to see it. Look, there was one of the guys that I always regret messing on. It was Terry McLaurin's receiver. And one of the things he talked about doing good, everything, but nothing kind of jumped out to me. He was 5'11". He was fast, but he wasn't super fast, but he was a glider. And there's different guys historically, whether Marvin Harrison's or Torrey Holtz, those kinds of guys, when you're on that size, you need to have that kind of in-and-out hips that are smoothing your glider in a sense out there. This guy doesn't seem the same way to me. I see uh, – sorry, Adam, this is a guy I see playing for the Colts receiver because that's what I see <laughs> you guys drafting like year in, year out. This is this type of receiver. Yeah, well. Other than this year. <laughs> there we go much better um so we can go ahead and move on to our sleepers start saying some positive things about some guys um yeah so i i'll go ahead and start this one i'll take the back to back and we can keep alternating um and this is where i'll go ahead and say based on value in dynasty drafts kind of as i alluded to um talking about sky Moore. i'm not a massive Jahan dotson guy but i think he's at least slightly better than Sky Moore. That's when I watched their tape. I thought I saw the same player, but I saw the good games of John Dodson. Uh, I I I know that he's bigger. 
um, but he didn't, to me at least, play at his his size. Um, I, I still got the same like route runnery, like going to be a lot of short, um, kind of like how Juju's a little bit bigger, but he's still playing with that kind of slot receiver skill set. Um, that's what I got out of him. Um, at, at the end of the day, though, um, he is someone who will probably come in as a receiver too. Uh, he's got a, a better early chance uh, than Sky Dort more does to me um and he will probably i don't think washington's gonna pay terry mclaurin uh he has a good shot to be a one and not that long um so i, I don't know in dynasty for him to go at like i said i think one third or 201 so the first pick of the second round i'm into that i think the value is there for a first round receiver who could be easily taking x snaps in two years yeah, I like Dotson. My problems were he went in the draft. I just thought it was too early for him. I think this guy has got definitely is one of the you know, more explosive receivers in the draft. One of the things I think he has going for him is he can play the slot. Now, in that offense, right now you have Curtis Samuel kind of manning that spot supposedly, you know, in a sense. Curtis Samuel has been healthy how often over his career since he's been in the pros? And no, especially out- in Washington. He hasn't done anything there. Yeah, and guess what? Usually by the second year, if you're not showing up something and you got big-time money, that third year, bye-bye, because they're not going to pay you. They don't owe you any bonus money anymore. So Curtis Samuel, to me, is a guy who can definitely be gone. Even Tim McGord is franchise or brought back on a big-time contract in, Wa- in Washington. And I also like Carson Wentz's fit. You know, Even if he's not the long-term solution, I think this year he can feature him. We saw you know Greg Ward still in the in, in the NFL somehow because of course the one's gonna hit a five nine guy. So I think when he looks to you know different upside for this guy, I agree with you hundred percent where he's going, it's definitely so the steal of value. All right. Who's your your sleeper? Sleeper so, number one. So I don't know how much bigger sleeper he is, but this is a guy that I you know people might just think, oh it's a one year thing. I don't know how much you're gonna draft it, but Tala Algier, Algier in um, Atlanta is a fantastic landing spot and fit. Yeah. I was big on this guy coming out of college. I know people didn't seem to really like him as much, but and, you know, rest in peace, Marion Barber. But this is a guy who reminded me of Marion Barber, how he runs and his style. And a physical, no-nonsense guy who gets north and south under Arthur Smith, who basically gave you King Henry because King Henry wasn't him until he got Arthur Smith. You put a Marcus Mariota and you know maybe Desmond Ritter down the road, but they're definitely upside possibly a quarterback because they're not spending any serious money on the quarterback. They had still get draft capital or and or bring somebody into Atlanta. Uh, those weapons that you can't focus on taking away the running game, uh, and in a division where you're going to have to score some points, and especially historically, you've always had to score points in, in whether it's in Atlanta or New Orleans. So put all those things together. This to me is a guy that you know talk about who has a, a path to the next four to five years of being very productive in your backfield. A guy you can own for maybe I think you know uh, cents on the dollar. Give me him all day every day. Yeah, I, I agree, um, especially long term because I, I think that there I could see some worries that he early is kind of Mike Davis by Cordero Patterson and that he'll get you know was. 10 to 12 carries, and then, you know, it's kind of that split. Um, but Cordero Patterson's, what, 31? Uh, that well, can only last for so long. Real, real quick, Adam, and I think that one of the things they talked about Cordero Patterson when he resigned was him having that Debo Samuel role. So look at a lot, you know, Mitchell's numbers 
when Debo was still doing his thing. That's where I just to keep your eye out on the prize in a sense. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, like Alagier is the type of running back that I think it, this system's actually meant for, um, or at least was originally intended for. Um, he, he could absolutely be a, a really good fit here if he can get onto the field, be successful when he is in that kind of Mike Davis role, as long as he's efficient. Um, when he, he hits the field, unlike Mike Davis, then I, I think he could quickly find that role uh, getting larger and larger and, and maybe in a year or two um, when, you know, again, Cordero Patterson's already in his 30s. It uh, took him that long to <laughs> break out. Um, he he broke- could certainly be into a very significant role very, very quickly. Yeah, and one of the things I think that he gets kind of knocked for is people just think he's like this plotting guy. He's one of the top, you know, uh, big play guys in college last last year. He kind of burst into the scene, so people kind of underestimated him. He didn't run a you know four three forty, but game speed. Watch some tape when he gets around, hanging up, and white people hawking him. So mm-hmm. this is a big boy that's going to bring it, and that's where I'm kind of excited to see what he can do, especially the value. Love it. Um, this is one that I'm almost positive we both have on our list, and that is, uh, and I've also alluded to this guy uh, when we were talking about James Cooks, and that's Khalil Shakir. <laughs> um, I think he long term is a sleeper. Actually, funnily enough, if I remember correctly, um, ADP wise, as far as rookie drafts go, Shakir and Alagier are not that far off. Um, but at any rate. I, I think this is another good receiver, and I think you, you see the pathway kind of planned out for him already and what we've seen with Gabe Davis. I, I think the like, career path, like that's the model. You see it. Like <laughs> Go learn from <laughs> Gabe Davis, who's learning from Stephon Diggs. You're all going to, you know, and, and as long as he can you know, climb the ranks, um, you know, year one, probably not going to be much. He'll probably be the wide receiver four. They'll have um, – you know, the guy that brought in from the Jets. Crowder. Lot. Crowder, thank you. Um, they'll have Gabe Davis probably play the, you know, uh, the two. And we'll, we'll probably continue to see Stephon Diggs, obviously, with the, the massive deal that he signed. Um, but Shakir, with time, could play that big slot. And then with more time, could step into the, the two or one whenever, you know, one of those spots are vacated. He absolutely is someone who has that, you know, positional versatility to play anywhere as a wide receiver. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, of teams that are using personnel of four receivers, only Arizona use more four receivers than Buffalo. Now, I know Brian Dable moved on, but, you know, the offense isn't going to just be completely different. Um, and you talked about kind of the blueprint. Cole Beasley moved on. And I know Crowder got a one-year deal. In the NFL, that means nothing really other than you're a veteran guy. You get a chance to kind of show you, you could do something. We saw uh, the guy from you know the Saints they signed last year, Manuel Sanders, and kind of have a similar like, hey, what can you do? Then Gabriel Davis was the man by the end of the season. So I think Shakir definitely can is the guy that has a clear cut role. Even moving forward, even if Gabe Davis step on Davis to be awesome, he still has that slot role. You know, kind of just looking perfect for him, and a guy who can make things after the catch. I think you're going to see Josh Allen be asked more and more to stop running the ball and asked more and more to throw the ball. So those guys like Khalil Shakir, I think, would be the beneficiary more so than maybe a James Cook or James Cooks. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would probably agree there as well. All right, what do you got as your your second dynasty sleeper? So my second dynasty sleeper, I'm going to stick with the receiver position, and I don't know how much of a sleeper this guy is going to be anymore after kind of the, the mini camp news. But David Bell, uh, this guy, I mean, I kept trying to figure out why I didn't shouldn't love him 
Um, the only thing that kind of I disappointed, you know, he didn't look great at the combine. No, he didn't look super athletic. But when you talk about watching game tape and what you can do and excel at, you know, Sky Moore was a really good all-around player. David Bell is going to be considered a really good all-around player, except for he was fantastic getting open. Fantastic. Not just, like, good at getting open, fantastic at getting open. And when a head coach says, I want this guy, and we look at Adam Thielen and what he exploded into with Stefan Diggs in Minnesota, I look at David Bell, I look at Amari Cooper, I look at skill sets. If Deshaun Watson still is around, then, whew, I love David Bell. I know he's not the sexy name all those top receivers are, but this guy, I think, is going to show you, just like somebody in, in Los Angeles Rams did, that when it comes down to getting open and being good at it, how that pays off in the long run, this guy's going to show you that. Yeah, in the long run, I do love David Bell. He's a really, really good player, um, and he's going to have some big opportunities. Um, that's all I can say on him right now because I'll, we'll have some more on him later. Um, <clears throat> all right, my last sleeper, and I think this is another one you'll agree with, um, in Dynasty, just for um, some added perspective, let me let me find him really quick. So we're talking at a guy currently going uh, 21st overall amongst rookies in Dynasty. So that's end of the second. And that's John Mechie. Um of the Texans. He's someone who we've talked about again is pretty well balanced. He's not someone who has maybe the crazy flashes that you expect out of an Alabama wide receiver. I think we've talked about this when we were talking about the Texans a few weeks ago, but he is a very, very good route. Run- He's a different Alabama receiver. He is a very good route runner. He is very good at getting open kind of, as you were mentioning, that's more of the skill set of a John Mechie. Um, I don't know if I love him this year, obviously, with the injury, with the state of the Texans. Um, but the talent is there, and in long-term situations, that typically wins out, especially at a wide receiver position, um, and one where it's really him, Brandon Cooks, and like, I, I like the odds of him figuring his way up up this wide receiver position quickly once he gets on the field. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm a big believer in, the more terrible your offense is, the more the slot receivers should get to be dependent on week in, week out, because the offensive line can't protect, protect, they can't do anything down the road, down the, you know, down the field, that slot receiver is going to get peppered with targets from that quarterback. And the worse that quarterback can't read defenses, the more targets that slot receiver is going to see. Check out Sam Darnold's career. Um, so having said that, you know, I'm not a big Mills fan. We'll see this year where he really is. But even if they get somebody else down the road, I'm with you, Adam. I, this guy got forgotten about because he got hurt, I feel like. He was the next up-and-coming receiver. It was, it was his turn, and he was putting up the numbers, and then he got injured. Jameson Williams looked like a you know a fantastic track star out there, and we forgot about who this guy is. Now, I agree that he doesn't necessarily you know, wow you with his 40 speed. He doesn't wow you with you know uh, Judy's ability to get down his brakes. But he combines a lot of those skills together as a really compact, good receiver. Ron Wall and Robert Woods a guy who we kind of saw find his niche maybe a little bit lighter in his career. Um, but I, even if, for me, this guy even didn't pan out necessarily for the Texans. I do think these guys learned, you know, definitely going to be a starter in the NFL sooner than later and a guy you want to have on your dynasty teams. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Do you have, do you have one more sleeper? I think so. Yeah. So 
I'm just going to keep this. I don't know how much of a sleeper this is. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, ooze about this guy. Uh, Jameson Williams. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This, there's a, you know, this, this notion that there's a, a drop-off, there's the top guys, top two, three receivers, and there's a huge drop-off. He better be in his top receivers because when it comes down to a guy who is going to be healthy at some point sooner than later, I don't care in Dynasty if he's missing the first four or five weeks. What I care is do I have Tyree Kill of the future, who, by the way, is also six foot two, in an offense that's in a, in a division – Chicago is going where soon. Green Bay going where soon. Minnesota has to win soon or else. And a receiver that it doesn't matter if Jared Goff's your quarterback. It doesn't matter if you have Matthew Stafford. Whoever your quarterback is, this guy gets separation from all of them, a la Tyree Kill. And I think that he's an absolute steal. I, you can tell me about Chris Olave. You can tell me about different people and draft capital and it. Four to five, six games at most, maybe. Give me the guy who's going to be a home run, taller to Sean Jackson all day, every day. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is he, he is certainly someone that's getting slept on. And what I think people, uh, especially in Dynasty, because to your point, you know, when you're having someone for years, um, the you know, five, six weeks is kind of just whatever. But even in the redraft, it, would you rather have the guy who got you 10 a week every week or the guy who got you 15 to 20 for half of the games, I, I think I'm going to wager the guy who was in the top half of this position when he actually played versus the guy that was, you know, a floor player <laughs> when well, he, every week. Let I, me I, ask you this quick, quick, Adam. I'm not a dynasty guy like you are. And you're definitely the expert and people need to check out your stuff. Um, but when it comes to, uh, you know, having that receiver, a rookie receiver in your lineup already, why do you have, why are you release? Why are you reliant on having Jameson Williams as a starting receiver you must have had a really crappy dynasty, you know, team in a sense already. That I just maybe I, maybe I'm losing something in perspective, but I'm like, I, I, why does that even matter? I, I mean, I think it can depend, uh, especially on league setup. I mean, when you're going to a, a 12 team, and especially when you're going to, um, I, I think there's been at least in my experience an uptick in leagues that'll have like three flex spots, and that's where it can get kind of dicey to where that second or third flex spot is like, all right. <laughs> someone weird's getting in here. And, and if that guy is a Jamison Williams rather than a Jarvis Landry, then I, I, I think you are in a better spot. But if it's an Olave or something, then, you know, it might be a problem. Um, yeah, I, I guess that would be the easiest <laughs> answer there. Um, 
Yeah, love Jamison. Actually, uh, I'll go right into that. I didn't have him as a sleeper. I had him outright as a stud um, because that's what he is um, to everything that you just said and more. Um, year one, it, what's interesting is that year one, I think we're going to see him be like some the PPR freak just because it's going to be a lot of the, the shorter passes due to Jared Goff's limitations. But after that, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens at the quarterback position because he could either continue to be that or he could just end up, you know, all over the field, all over the place. But really, either way, whether it's on a drag, whether it's on a fly, whether we're doing a, a post, like whatever, he will have separation. That's not going to be the issue. Um, it, it, if you have that often enough, you, you'll get yours. Um, he'll get targets. Um, with that out of the way, um, Chris, do you want to go through a stud? Yeah, so um, I think this guy can be possibly argued as one of the top guys, but should be definitely in the top three, in my opinion. And that's Drake London. Uh, this guy, to me, I talked about Cooper Cup and David Bell, and my love for David Bell. He's a six foot five slot receiver who can line up anywhere and everywhere as a red zone threat. So you could do the Mike Williams things, but you could do the Keenan Allen things too. When you get those kinds of packages on a team that's going to be bad, but has a tight end like Kyle Pitts who can stretch out linebackers and safeties, and you can hide in a sense a six foot five guy with another six foot six six foot five guy who runs incredible, you put those pieces together. I don't care who the quarterback is, and I'm not as down on market Mariota as a lot of people are. Like we talked about some other shows. Um, Corey Davis didn't do too bad. Look at the numbers, guys. So when it comes to a number one receiver, Marcus Mariota getting the ball, and a slot receiver, by the way, I can't tell you that part, but Russell Gage did pretty good last year in Atlanta offense. So Drake London, to me, the talent with the opportunity, no brain stud. 100% agreed for everything you just said. I, I said it on the draft show. I said it um, when we were talking about it. I think this is like the ideal West Coast receiver. Like he is the prototype. He is what, if you're one of those West Coast guys, this is who you dream about, like is, is someone like him. Uh, and not that he's, again, not that he's limited to that, but it's like for those kinds of schemes where you're going, hitting a lot of the quick crossing patterns, like this is what you're like dreaming of. On the goal line, this is what you're dreaming of. Third and three, this is what you're like, what you're dreaming of. Like he, he's such a fun prospect he's so young um I, I know there's been some injury issues here and there but so young so much talent he's gonna be so good yeah we saw some of the numbers that juju smith schuster put up early in his career and not to say you know, pitts is antonio brown but when that attention is drawn off of you and you're that good and you could do those things underneath and you're that tall as adam alluded to the red zone and the underneath ppr stuff's there for you so you're just eating all day Absolutely. All right. So that was my next stud. So I'll, I'll hit my last one, which um, if I hadn't caught you, this would be an argument. Um, but, but, but we, we cleared things up. Brees Hall is my last stud. I do agree with you. There's going to be some short term problems um, with him, but I think that those will clear up pretty soon. Um, and once they do, this guy is a stud. He, at some point he will command RB1 volume. I don't think it'll be this year, but he will. And when he does, he will be an RB1 type player and 
those don't grow on trees. This is like that dude um, to have the ability to run like he does uh, as well as being a talented receiver. Like again, there's not many workhorses like that in the league anymore. Um, So for him to have the ability to be that, this is someone you want to get your hands on. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely screwed up at the beginning of the show, but (laughs) I uh, thanks for catching me on that on Adam. Yeah, I can't agree more. This is a guy that I absolutely loved in this draft. He's a guy that can you know very few all around three down backs anymore. And when I mean my three down backs, I mean a guy can catch the ball out of the backfield, I make mean, I can block on third downs. That's a huge thing. That's why Zeke plays over Pollard. People forget about that all the time. I and mean, why is why is Zeke out there all the time? Well, because he can pass protect. That kind of helps. So sometimes when you look at some of these guys who could play the three downs, that you know Najee Harris was one of those guys who could do it. I definitely see, see what you're saying. So, but I'm going to go maybe a little controversial on the flip side of that works. I think this guy could be argued, be up there with Brees Hall and maybe Drake Landon as well as top guys to take. And that's Kenneth Walker. Look, I wasn't as big on him as a lot of people going into the draft. Um, I wasn't, uh, that, I think he was a first rounder. I thought he was maybe a late second, early third rounder. Having said that, what he brings explosive wise and talk about a fit custom made. Pete Carroll was on that list of coaches we talked about somewhere. 95 years old or not, Pete Carroll will still hand up all to the running back. And it doesn't matter if it's Geno Smith, it's Drew Locke, it doesn't matter who it's going to be. They will get the ball, and they'll be able to run the ball because they actually drafted well offensive linemen this last year on two, those two tackles that they added. And I think that they're going to kind of get back to Seattle tradition in a sense. People people can, you know kind of crap on Pete Carroll, maybe fantasy-wise, but this team has historically been pretty good. It hasn't had a huge turnover despite all their like losing their Legion of Doom and doing other things because they play good fundamental football. And that still wins in today's football in today's in the NFL. Team went to the playoffs last year. Russell Wilson was crap last year when he came back. Um Geno Smith and God as well as they could throw a quarterback was out there. They had they were down to their fifth running back at one point. We have Penny back on our radar just because of last year, because of all the injuries that occurred. Adrian Peterson was you know, people forget was was at Seattle to save the day at one point. So Putting all that things in perspective, look at a guy who has draft capital, who's been a stud, who's handpicked the top guy they say on their board. That's why I took him, took all the heat with it. They didn't care when Rashad Penny wasn't the guy everybody wanted. They still gave him a chance. The difference with this guy is he's a lot more talented, and I think that he's going to bring something that Chris Carson did in a lot of senses, where Chris Carson ran – but gave you a big play with giving you a five, six yards, not the three, five, three to four yards, which is, you know, kind of people kind of get down to Seattle. If Seattle can get five yards rushing on first downs, you're not beating them. And I think with this guy, his explosiveness, his, his kind of ability, they're able to spread you out and his quickness is going to be a great fit. And I think that to me, people are kind of stuck on him because, oh, how can you Seattle take this? Why wouldn't Seattle take a guy that could be a game changer for them? Yeah, absolutely. I think he fits what they're trying to do as a team very, very well. Um, and he should be picked relatively early just because of the volume that he is going to get. He is someone that's going to be a workhorse. Um, all right, but with that, we've made it to break time. We're going to hit a, a quick little break. We're going to hear the 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 voice of our man, Dan, uh, and we'll be right back in about a minute and a half. Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of Crotch Comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. 
I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that manscaped on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below-the-waist grooming. This trimmer offers skin-safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Outside of just ball trimming, they're now focusing their efforts on helping out your thigh slappers in other ways with game-changing boxers. These boxer features include the Jewel Pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric, and keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas, chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. One more time. That's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY to get 20% off and free shipping. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. Sweaty. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Go check out Manscaped for sure. Um, then after you do, come right back because we're going to head into the redraft version of our three rookie belly ups, belly flops, and belly shots. Uh, we're going to get straight into the belly flops. Chris, you can take another crack at this. Who is your first uh, redraft belly flop? <laughs> yes. So I don't know if the cat got out of the bag at some point, but I, I guess I might have Reese Hall on that list. Um, yeah. Reese Hall, to me, as I as you alluded to, I love his long-term potential. I think it's hard to keep a guy off this like this off the field, but I think the Jets you know, staff will try to figure out a way to do so this year. Um, he still has a lot of value in my book. A guy that you still can you know have as a definite flex option, and maybe RB two as you know definitely, a, but RB one is where you're asking for too much. And I think where he's getting drafted, a lot of people are looking at him as a, in a second round. There's other guys, uh, even like a J.K. Dobbins, for example. And he's coming off an injury, people are kind of what, what can you do this year? There's just a more clear, obvious place where he can kind of succeed. Where a guy, a Michael Carter, to me is the best, most talented running back by far in that just backfield last year. Um, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Perrine all got their shot at some point, regardless. They even played, uh, I can't even think the guy that played for like two games and stole one of his touchdowns. Um, they, they they found like, you know, some undrafted free agent guy who played for them. But, so they they basically, you know, scrounged up guys to not give anybody the full amount of touches. We see Kyle Shanahan do some similar redress running back every year. Um, Michael Carter is really still a really talented guy. So I don't think Reese Hall is a guy you necessarily avoid. I've been not spending the draft capital on him where, where he's going is too high for my standard, you know, three draft taste. Yeah. Again, I, I agree in the, in the short term, especially just due to where he's going. It's not, he's not someone I've been super interested in. Um, and, and another guy who I do like as a player, but I'm not interested in due to the draft ca or yeah, due to the capital required to get him. Uh, that's George Pickens. Um, so he's going a, a, a little on the later side. It's not anything crazy. However, um, in redraft right now, as far as ADP is concerned, he's going above players like a uh, like an Odell Beckham, um, like a Van Jefferson, like a Corey Davis. Um, you know, with players in that category at wide receiver. And to me, in year one at least, I'm not sure that I, I think 
from a game to game perspective that he's going to be above those guys. Um, especially with a rookie quarterback at the helm. So we're going rookie to rookie here. Uh, I don't know. I just personally don't don't see it. I also don't know if we'll get immediately into the role that he's best, best built for, which is the same role that Chase Claypool currently occupies. Um, again, I, I do like George Pickens. I, I think a little bit more than, than you do. But at the end of the day, his 2022 impact is probably not going to be much. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it was hard for those, you know, Chase Washington requested a trade because he was having a hard time getting enough targets as a third receiver. I, McLeod's still on the team, is playing the slot receiver somewhat. Uh, Claypool is, I'm sorry, is way more talented than Pickens. I mean, we could argue who's going to be the future for the team, but I think Claypool right now, right here, is more talented. So put all the things together. I don't spend the draft capital you talked about. There's other guys who I really have on my fantasy team, especially for than the Pickens, who I, I understand the idea, but I don't see the reality. All right, who, who do we got next? Uh, for myself, I'm looking at, you know, some of these other guys that people are really, uh, I don't want to say trying to overhype too much, but I think expect too much, and that's Wilson, Reese uh, uh, Wall's kind of counterpart in the Jets. Look, I love this kid out of out of you know, Ohio State. He's definitely, I compared him to Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I don't think he's going to have necessarily that impact immediately because – there is a very talented receiver who I think is still kind of has a rapport that he showed last year. That's Elijah Moore. Your boy is still there. Uh, and then added, you know, Braxton Berrios is still playing the slot receiver for some reason. And oh, by the way, some of all these different running backs are going to get the ball too. And oh, by the way, this offense was horrendous last year. So hopefully it could be good this year, but we have no idea. And and we can't talk about all these different mounts who have to feed, guys who have to block, the offense. All of a sudden, to me, this guy's you know isn't necessarily somebody that you're gonna have on your standard redraft leagues next year that's gonna be the game changer for you where he's going. And I think that people will think because of the name, and I love him down, I love his talent. He might have a week here or there, he blows up for you, but it's just not a boom position for him yet. And I think that's where people have to kind of cool their jets a little bit. Yeah, I I, I you know, I hundred percent agree. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> it, it, it's tough with these rookies in, in redraft just because it, it it may be we love the talent, love the prospect, but you're going above some established players who we know will produce year in and year out. Um, and we don't really know that from you, especially year one. Uh, it can always be a difficult, difficult thing. Um, you see with a lot of rookies. Uh, and one of those rookies for me, was James Cooks, who we talked about, uh, you talked about uh, earlier. Um, I had him as a redraft bust, and I, I said so. Um, he's going around the same time as a, uh, a James Robinson, a, um, a Kenneth Gainwell, uh, a Daryl Henderson, especially Robinson and Henderson are two guys who have very solid positions um, to take backfields. Uh, Akers did not look good when he came back last year. Let's keep that real. Um, it, it is tough to come back from an injury like the one that he had. Obviously, he'll have more time to heal up. Uh, and in James Robinson's case, it, it's a, a, a race to get healthy first. I know it's one that ETN is winning, uh, but I also I still think Robinson's the better back. I will continue to die on that hill. Um, we've already seen that Robinson can be an efficient 
you know, 4.5 yard per carrier running back on a bad offense when he, everyone's keying on him. Um, they, they don't make backs like that very often. I don't know that ETN is that back. I don't know why ETN was drafted where he was, uh, other than being uh, an, on an Urban Meyer team and that he went to the same school as their QB. Um, that felt like about it. So those are two two guys just around the same ADP that I'm much more interested in. Even Madison. Madison's like what? the One of, if not the best handcuffs to have in fantasy football. Um I would almost rather lean into that than a James Cooks who might get you, you know, 12 a game versus Madison might only play six. But when he does, he will be a game winner for you. Or you could trade him to the Dalvin Cook owner or you could trade him to someone who's running back desperate and get a lot of value that way. A lot more value than in any particular week you are likely to get out of a James Cook. Yeah, it's a definitely interesting take. I mean, I definitely think some of the handcuffs. I'm not one of those guys who necessarily always targets handcuffs, but I, I think the Madison, you know, strategy you talked about is definitely something to interest. Uh, and I think that you look at a guy who there is a pathway for potential. This offense is going to be explosive. We talked about different, you know, mouths to feed in a sense. He's going to fall in the totem pole somewhere. There was a decent analogy of capital, but I I do kind of agree with you that there's some other guys you might look into your lineup. I just wouldn't depend on this guy necessarily being. A guy that you want to bank on and when i look into i do you know my redraft leagues i'm looking for those later round guys that i want to take like a, a cook i'm taking a flyer on but when they're going like in a fifth sixth round and there's top tier receivers still on the board let's say like amari cooper for example and when and sean watson does play i'm not passing amari cooper so i can go get this guy this year that's where i think it's definitely people that would you want to kind of keep what is it we're looking at where you're going you know no running back you know and so this is a guy that you have to have because you're going to running back. Well, then you're going to get screwed from some weeks because you know Buffalo's back is going to do week to week yet. Um, you know, Singletary became the guy at the end of the season, but they didn't get rid of him. They brought in Duke Johnson. They drafted another guy. So Ken Dorsey isn't going to sh- hasn't showed his cards yet necessarily. But Buffalo as a franchise showing you that they're not necessarily sold on one guy being the guy. Yeah, and that's my worry is that I, I do think he's going to be. We talked about earlier, Naeem Hines asking that, yeah, he might be a, a respectable flex. He won't lose you a game at the flex, but I don't know if he's going to win you many either um, for a while. He might just be a high floor, but also a, a, a short ceiling. <laughs> no, that's a great point. Um, Moving on, who's your next guy? So my, I'm going to the receiver position, and then I may have picked on his Ohio State kids, even though I love Davis Williams, but Chris Olive, uh, look – I love Davis Winston, but the guy's still limping around right now. And I have to see him stay healthy. Uh, Trevor Penning, if he's going to play left tackle, doesn't give me a lot of encouragement that's going to happen. Um, so when I look at some of the things that are happening on the Saints, I love some of the pieces they have. That, um, but you already hear how Jarvis Lange is looking great. You already hear Michael Thomas can still come back. We look at the mouths actually defeated versus offense. I have to see him become the guy yet. And even a, a Marquez Galloway, Calloway isn't a guy who's going to disappear into overnight. He still has some talent. So we learn a new playbook, and you're learning kind of what your fit is on the offense, and they have Alvin Kamara, and they have a, a very questionable left tackle at best, and a changeover Sean Payton's not there anymore. I am not looking at Chris Olive as a guy that I'm looking to make sure I have to have on my fantasy football team. And he's definitely not a guy because I missed out on one of those top-tier guys in a standard redraft. Like, oh, I want to make sure I have a good other rookie could hit. I don't think this is your guy you're looking for. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's going to be a tough sled for him to be uber productive year one. Uh, there, there's no question there. Uh, I do think he's a really talented guy. I like the prospect, but and a, a, again, that's just the Landry signing screwed it. I think. Yeah, also true. Um, moving on, this is another one where I like the prospect a lot. You mentioned him earlier, and I, I, I said I couldn't really say much on it yet. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's not David Bell's fault, but I do kind of have him, him pegged for a bit of a bust as a, a year one player. Uh, and it's for two major reasons. Obviously, there's some receivers around him that are going to get the ball. Um, there's no question there. Uh, but my biggest concern is they might be playing a Jacoby Brissett for 10, 12, a season. We don't know yet. And right now, I don't think there's many people necessarily drafting him to depend on him, but the shot just doesn't feel realistic. It's uh, if Deshaun Watson plays and also if he can get a significant amount of targets and also like there's just a lot of things that have to go right for the upside that is there to actually come into fruition. So again, I love the player. Uh, in the long term, I'm actually pretty happy with the landing spot, but in 2022, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, look, I depending on how big your league is, I think there's very few reasons you should be drafting Drake for Bell uh, on your state injury draft league for this year. Now, is a streaming option a guy to have on your radar? Absolutely. I heard us on the show talk about it in the future about a guy you might you know look for the waiver wires or for those some of the guys that kind of add, but Right now, as you alluded to, until the situation is kind of resolved, you can't look at the kind of bank on that. And there's so many other guys to take kind of home run swings on that you're not looking for a guy. Unless the only, the only rational I can say is if you're like in a, a 16 team, four receiver, full point PPR league, and you got to start, you know, four receivers, and that's the guy you might have on your roster. Because what I do think you can kind of look for as your ceiling is what Rashad Bateman did last year for Buffalo. Not for Buffalo, for Baltimore, I'm sorry. And um, you and I, you know, huge Rashad Bateman fans, a guy who I think is gonna is more talented physically in a sense, but I think Profile is a guy who kind of is that, you know, chain mover in a lot of ways, more so than that game-changing, breaking, take the top off guy. So those guys usually aren't going to necessarily wow you year one, um, and they're going to have kind of find their position. So for me, Bell's that guy might have a streak here or there. And, you know, the reason I say keep him on your radar is because Mark Cooper hasn't been healthy for a whole season and how long. So just saying that that's the guy who can catch the ball other than the other two guys who can run four ones and just run straight, you might want to keep him on your radar. But as a draft right now, I would not agree with that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Where do you have one more bust or are we on? Oh, that's our bust. We got, we got our bust done. All right, we're on to the sleepers. We're done busting. All right, we're on to the sleepers. You want to give me your first sleeper? Sure. Um, so you kind of stole my 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 what I was wanting to get to, um, but I'm going to go with 
two guys and combine them into like one sleeper in a sense. And I think if you're going to take a late round shot, especially in a full point PPR league, looking at a John Mechie or a David Bell is a guys that kind of guys that kind of think about targeting in his later rounds where there could be potential upside because they're slot receivers. We see that the upside of guy, that guy can catch seven passes for 64 yards can definitely be a PPR game changer for a lot of people. So they're hard to get your hands on as the season progresses. Maybe jump the gun, maybe that round 15, 16 later on. Add one of these guys if you have a pretty deep enough roster. Now, it's not a guy you want to depend on, so I'll make that very clear. But I'm not, you know, I'm kind of big on taking shots on certain guys where you can see pathways to potential. You know, Brandon Cooks has been healthy not very often in his career every week. Every week. Um, nor has Murray Cooper. So looking at the situations, looking at guys who are slot receivers at worst already, add the extra ceiling to it with the guys who get injured. I like their potential. You know, some guys throw kind of home run swings at. Yeah. I like that. Those two guys are, I, I mean, I've already said my piece on Bell, but otherwise, uh, the talent is there. I've already said that. The talent is there. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> again, for me, the issue, it, it's less of him and more of if it's Brissett, then I think everything might be null and void. <laughs> and no, I, I don't argue strongly against that, but I, I also would say just on the caveat, Rashad Higgins had some relevance for this team. Jarvis Landry had relevance the last couple of years. Uh, Beckham poorly, unfortunately, did not. But they can usually feature a receiver, even if they had Case Keenum, even if they have Baker Mayfield or whoever the quarterback has been over the last few years for Cleveland. So that's one thing to just kind of throw out there that sometimes, usually through attrition, somebody has to catch the ball. And when you have two stud running backs, it's kind of hard to key on some of the receivers. So that can kind of help too. I mean, at this point, I haven't said the name I'll show, and that's got to be a key. Uh, <laughs> I got to throw an Alec Pearson here somewhere, and this felt where it was about time. Um, didn't want to fanboy out too much early on, but I, I think he is a, a, a sleeper in redraft. He's going relatively late, and I think he has the, the potential um, to actually be a, a, an impactful player. I mean, we're talking someone who is is – a Paris Campbell injury away from being like the undoubted wide receiver too here. Uh, I think he probably beats out Paris Campbell anyways. Um, but it, unfortunately Paris Campbell, a Paris Campbell injury isn't that crazy um, of a thing to, to throw in the wrench here. Um, he, he is someone that as a rookie could very easily, especially in the back half of the season, be someone who, who is a flex player. Um, he has that kind of upside, uh, in best ball, especially he could be a very solid late pick, a very solid, um, player to have in a best ball league as well. Um, I, you already know how I feel about him in the long term, but I, I do think that there's a, a good pathway for him to be on the field very quickly. Yeah. So next player, I'm going to be real quick and short, because that's exactly who I have of my next player on my list. And I couldn't agree more with you, Adam. Um, look. Everybody acts like Pittman's a super stud. And a couple of years ago, he got drafted in the fourth round for a reason. There was definitely questions about what he was going to be. Nobody had that he's a clear number one on the Colts offense. He's kind of been given that mantle uh, through attrition. But on the flip side, to me, there's a lot of opportunities still on that offense to be that guy. When you have running back of the caliber demanding that much attention, and you have Matt Ryan, who's a veteran quarterback who can read defenses and knows where the single coverage is, 
with guys who can stretch the field and make catches in the red zone, sign me up. Because I rarely see if any guy who's – a lot of these rookies get hyped up, but it's hard to get open over and over again and run great crisp routes. What it's not hard to do is when you're bigger, faster, or stronger than somebody else and you make big chunk plays, the Martavius Bryants of the world, the Chase Claypools of the world, those guys make splashes because they can run big, fast, and they're big and tall, and they can catch the ball in the red zone. So that's how you make fantasy gold that kind of rookie year. I think you're talking about a guy who people should definitely be looking at as one of their sleeper options. All right, all right. We're we're going through the sleepers quickly. This is another one I think you're going to kind of agree with me on to an extent. Um, someone that's at least worth having an eye on uh, might be a little tough to fit him into a roster. But um, Romeo Dobbs is, is someone who, I mean, the Packers wide receiver room is wide open. Um, and it's mini camp. I wouldn't buy into it too much. I actually just drafted a Watson share earlier, either today or yesterday. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> Watson had did have some dropsies uh, when he got onto the field a little bit with them. Um, Dobbs is someone who I think is a really good receiver. I think even before, um, you know, we saw them on the field, he's someone that we talked about like, well, he could like it, it, it's possible for him to to get on the field quickly. Um, he, he's going to be a, he is a talented receiver. They got a steal in him. Um, he's not again not someone I'd bank on, but uh, I'd certainly add him to a watch list in a redraft league at the very very least. Yeah, I think that's a great one, Adam. I think that's somebody definitely have on the radar. Um, so. Have you gone so, through three or are you going through them? Well, no, so I'll be moving from my ones on my, my sleeper, my sleeper. And um, I kind of – not a lot of time to spend on this guy because I already kind of gushed over him. But I think when you look at what the, what Drew Landon has uh, open for him in Atlanta, from right off the bat, as a rookie, he could be a guy that can be a definite receiver two at worst, in my opinion. So when you see where he's getting drafted at, and you think about some other guys who are going before him. I think for myself, in that sixth, seventh round, I was talking about some of these guys you want to reach on. That's where I'm landing myself a stud receiver who I think, as the season progresses, is going to get stronger and stronger and help carry my team possibly to a championship versus taking a shot on a second or third or fourth receiver on their franchise or that who's newest flavor on the Chiefs receiver. So that to me is a guy that I think. I already talked about his talent, but I think as a redraft league is a guy that you want to get your hands on because I think he has starting potential week in, week out, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about someone going around the same place as Rashad Penny. Uh, I, I know we like Chase Edmonds, but also he's in one of those Shanahan backfields where it's going to be tough. Um, uh, he's going around Zach Ertz and, and, and players like that. So... Just think about Justin Jefferson did, and I'm not saying he's going to necessarily repeat those numbers, but I don't think it's out of the out of the realm. Now, my only hesitation would be he's also going very, very closely with Rashad Bateman. And between the two, I might lean be tough, be very tough for me in redraft. Look, I love Rashad Bateman. I'm taking landing all day every day. Sorry, uh, I, I respect it. I just think it'd be a it'd be tough to go heavy in one direction for me um just given the 
the opening <laughs> that has arisen in Baltimore. Uh, prior to that, I would definitely be, be going the other way. Um, but at any other rate, the only other one that I think that's going late that I'm lukewarm on the prospect, I would say. I think he, he he's okay. I think he's maybe a little better than that. I'll give him average to above average. Um, that's Damian Pierce. Um, this is a strictly landing spot type situation in that, I mean, we were talking about a Marlon Mack who had an injury and then ran like 20 times last season is really him and uh, Burkhead are all that's keeping him away from being um, fantasy relevant. Um, it would be tough on this offense to be fantasy relevant. So he's certainly not someone I'm drafting, um, but it is some someone that I'm going to have on a watch list just to keep in the back of my mind. Like if say um, one of those two guys ahead of him gets hurt, it might be time to throw in a waiver and just kind of have him preemptively because it, it, if he does get onto the field, he is certainly, he has the body type at least that he could take a lot of carries. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. I think it's a guy that you could definitely look at as you talked about, you can kind of take his body, take the carries and he can find a role for him. And you see a kind of an opportunity for that down the road. Absolutely. And that brings us to the studs. And I think these are going to be much the same as the dynasty studs. <laughs> uh, so Chris, who's your first stud? Uh, my first stud is going to be, so this guy was on one list, is still going to be on a different list, but who cares? Because I can talk about him again. Jamison Williams, once again, it's a 17-week season. If the guy is only going to miss six weeks and you have that kind of game-changing ability, we saw what Chase Claypool did to fantasy teams. We saw what Tavius Bryant did to Chase teams. When you have those game-changers hitting the playoff stretch, Get your hands on them. And to me, this is a guy that I think you want to make sure that you have on your roster. Don't let him just go undrafted. Don't let him go to waivers. Don't assume that he's going to be there. Get your hands on this guy fast as possible, immediately. However, now don't take him like, you know, rounds five, no craziness, but make sure he can be on your roster one way or another. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what I mentioned earlier in that, it is better to me to always have the guy that I think is going to have a higher average per game played than the guy who played every game and, and you know, got 170 points because they got nine or ten a game. Um, I, I will always take the guy that, that, you know, played a little bit less but got, you know, was actually a, a respectable starter when he did play. Um, yeah, so certainly agree there. Um, and, and I'll make this quick. My first guy was Drake London. Um, he is a stud at that area. Again, my really only argument to not take him where he, he sits was Rashad Bateman. Almost everyone else around him for plus or minus five picks. I'm taking Drake London. Um, yeah, it, it just feels like a no brainer. He's going to be involved early on. He's going to be involved where it matters. Uh, underneath and a lot of volume is going to be involved in the red zone. He's going to get touchdowns. He's going to get volume. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is going to keep saying it. <laughs> totally agree with you, Adam. All right. All right. Who do you got next? Uh, so for my other stud, I'm going to go with, I mean, it's not being a, a no-brainer in a sense, but Traylon Burks. I, I don't want to hear about how he looked at conditioning. 
And people need to kind of get their facts correct when they figure out exactly who you kind of deal with before they start assuming what he can and can't do. But what I can tell you if you watch game tape is this man can run. And he can run through people. And in today's football, where most of the D-backs are about 5'9", sixty-five, and you have a guy that big, that strong, that you get the ball in his hands. Now, my co-host got a little flack for it be compared him to Devontae Adams. I think he's right on the money with that comparison because Devontae Adams was a guy, all you do is get the ball in his hands as a young guy. He wasn't a great route runner at all. But Aaron Rodgers said, look, run a bunch of screens, little hitches, real quick stuff, I'll get the ball in his hands, and he'll make something happen. And sure enough, he did. Traylon Burks and that Tennessee offense has a great fit. I like Robert Woods there too. But when you look at who kind of fits that A.J. Brown role, yes, he has that comparison. But I go a little bit farther than that, and I say, look at that Tennessee offense. Everybody assumes they're going to sit there and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Also, the line's not very good. And they got sacked a lot of times over the last couple of years. And you know what happens when your quarterback is sacked? A lot of third and 13s. Who does that help? Receivers. Guys who can make yards after the catch. So, Traylon Burks, to me, is a guy who's definitely a stud. I don't think he's going too high or too low. Is a guy that you just definitely should be making sure that he's somebody you can have on your roster this year, if you can. Yeah. I agree. He was actually my next one as well. Um, I, I mean, the comp was A.J. Brown. They 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 swapped, uh, swapped him out. I mean, it, it, it's such a good fit. Uh, they're going to know how to use this guy. Uh, there is a little bit concern, you know, with them adding at receiver, but I'm not all that worried. Uh, he's a really good player. And, again, they're, they know how to use this skill set. Uh, I don't need to add much else on top of what you said because you, you said it well. Um, all right, who do you got last? Yeah, so I'm going to kind of continue on talking some of these you know, other receivers that we talked about. Um, and I think that when you look at it, there are potential for this guy to you know blow up. And I will – I can't believe I put him on my, on my stud list. But Watson, um, I saw how much Aaron Rodgers wanted MVS to work. And I think Watson has as good physical talent as MVS does, but is a way better football player. I think the miscues, the drops, the things that just kind of just the inches away from making the huge play week in, week out. He's not a Mikhail Hardman. He's not a, he's not one of these guys who've been trying to make something happen. Watson to me is a legitimate guy that can play the receiver position. And then he got a bad rap a little bit, and, and I, from you know, me personally, in a sense, because I couldn't really see what you could do playing in that offense. But when you actually see what he can do, um, I talked about Chase Claypool, some of those game changers. This guy runs like a gazelle. He's six foot five. Aaron Rodgers can make Robert Tanya somebody. He can make any tight end over something somebody. So to me, this guy can be somebody that you could definitely have on your fantasy roster and not lose sleep at all. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, my last guy, and we can wrap this thing up, will be Garrett Wilson. Um, I, I think that this was a really good fit for him, and it's a really good fit for Zach Wilson. Um, a, a separator like him, I think, will will help his game tremendously um, if the coaching staff decides to make all the correct decisions, um, which is a big if. Uh, but the talent between the two of them is just so much that I – I'd be willing to take the risk, um, kind of depending on how the draft falls. Uh, but he is someone who I love the talent of him. And, again, I, I'm a Zach Wilson believer, so 
I, I'm willing to to you know fall on that sword, if you will. I love Zach Wilson too, but definitely one we definitely didn't agree on. That's kind of definitely an interesting take. Um, I think yeah, I love the talent. I just like I said, I I have questions about so many different receivers that are similar and the mouths to feed and the fact that they struggled to feed the receivers consistently last year. I don't know if it's just going to take a huge leap, but Zach Wilson is a guy that I I, I really hope sky's limit this just offensive coaching staff kind of got me worried um but yeah i think it's a great you know you make a great excellent point let's throw one other guy out there just you know i talked about him the last lessons but to me he's also a no-brainer kenneth walker guys we're all looking for running backs get a guy who can has the potential to be rb1 so yeah. so just get your hands on him i don't know why people are kind of like oh well you know we figure out this rb guy who's putting 500 carries with somebody else get this guy yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's he's got a chance for some crazy volume, uh, and, and that's what at the end of the day, especially at running back, that's what matters. Um, so yeah, I mean, a, unless you have anything else, that's it, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, sorry about <laughs> missing last week. We'll be back on the the normal schedule. Um, we're we're tossing around a couple ideas for next week. We'll have something really cool for you guys. Uh, Chris, what's going on 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 your end? Yeah, we continue to make our different guests that are coming on the MT's Fantasy Football Show. So we're, uh, you know, breaking down our team profiles, as you and I kind of alluded to, that we were going to kind of break into going into, you know, this offseason. Uh, I'm sorry, as this offseason kind of wraps up. So we're starting off with the AFC, uh, NFC South. So we look at some of those teams, including where those, you know, Drake London will be my man crush I have right now going crazy. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.